0: It's good to be with you guys. We're, I'm excited to be here today. Uh, like Danielle, I am bummed out that we missed the luau. That's one of my favorite uh, services there. I guess feasts, I would should say, but times with you guys of the year, and uh, we are happy to be here today, and uh, today I, it was going to be kind of my uh, sabbatical part two, but last week Last time, a couple weeks ago, we did a lot of, like, slideshow pictures, et cetera, so I figured that was enough. Um, but this one is kind of inspired. Uh, one of my verses that I was kind of meditating on was uh, Mark 8:19 because that was the day of my daughter's wedding, August 19th. And kind of where Jesus was asking them when they when he did the miracle of the five thousands how many loaves they picked up and they said twelve, and his you know just that idea do you still not understand? And so I just been I was thinking about that miracle and just the whole idea of they were so focused on the bread that they missed the miracle. They were so focused on what they needed or what they didn't have. He was asking about the Pharisees, and they were wondering, "What did they forget? Are we messing up?" And he's like, "You still don't get it, right? It doesn't matter if you don't have any bread. you have me. Whatever you need, I'm here. And I think that so many times uh, we can want things and we can need things and we want and we've, and Jesus is just like, "Hey, I'm here." You're in the right place. You're going to be, there's an abundance. He had an abundance for them, and they were still looking. I can put it in terms that you'll probably understand a little better. They were looking at the bank account, and Jesus is like, I am the mint, right? I got everything. You're wondering how many bills you got, and I'm saying, I got it all. You're wondering how much you need. I have more than you need. And those baskets that they had left over. So that's kind of been running around in my mind. So, in that way, this is a follow up from the sabbatical on that topic. Um, So, turn over to, uh, let me say a prayer, and then you can be turning over to uh, Matthew 14, and we're going to get started here. Uh, Father, we do thank you for this time. Uh, So great to be together, uh, to worship you, to even have time of silence, to really. Uh, find ourselves and and find you in the midst in our midst here today and I pray that you work through your word and through your spirit to uh, lead us where you want us to go reveal yourself to us uh, get me out of the way God we love you we pray in Jesus name amen and so as we're going to start reading here this is right after the time you can go back and read it later but Jesus finds out that his cousin was killed Right. So he gets that news. We're brought to this place of burial where they're burying John's body. And you just kind of feel that there's like a heaviness that comes over Jesus. Maybe maybe you can feel that in your life right now. There's some kind of heaviness. And so he he, he decides, hey, we're going to go off to a solitary place. And you can picture that. I know I'm not him, but if it were me and I was like I got to get away I got to get with God. I got to get I got to be by my I got to clear my head. Right? So he goes off to clear his head and when he shows up thousands of people are there and you're there to try to clear your head and thousands of people come up and it just shows that he his compassion he didn't look at him with Frustration. He looked at them with compassion, and he fed them and took care of their needs. And in verse 19, he says, uh, And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. And I'll, I'll read the rest in a minute. But there's a reason why he does that. And there's a reason why Matthew highlights this. Because he's basically telling you, this is where I'm going. I'm going to the Last Supper. I'm going to the cross. I'm I'm being broken for your abundance. Right? He kind of gives you clues in the middle of the book, kind of where he's going. This is one of those clues where he takes just a little and turns it into more than they need. And that's what... Jesus came to do is take our little and turn it into more and more and more to to be able to spread that to others. It says he he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. And now I I know that this actually happened, but it's also kind of a metaphor that as his bread, his body is broken, he gives it to us and we're able to pass that out. We're able to share that love, that forgiveness, that gift those blessings, those that, that food with others. And in verse 20, it says, They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. And just the... That they were... Their needs were met. They were in a quiet place. They were... Where they needed to be, he could now now he could dismiss them in peace that they would be taken care of. And as I looked at that story, I know that he has some messages for us that he's going to take care of us that we can be satisfied with him that there's not only is there more that we need not only do we not need more, we have more than we need. Like, two hours before that happened, they didn't feel like they had more than they need. Maybe that's where you are right now. I don't have more than I need. Well, maybe Christ wants to help us to have more than we need. Amen. And I wanted to really focus on this. the next story, but one of the other last point here is, you know, sometimes we look at, you know, the title was uh, Saved by a Ghost, and sometimes we... That's referring to Jesus walking on the water and they thought it was a ghost. But sometimes we think of being saved and we think of it in such a one way, you know, that we're saved when we're baptized and we confess Jesus as Lord. And that is an awesome thing. I, I believe that. I think that's what we need. That's a great thing. But in this way, these people were saved from their hunger. They were saved from their need. They were saved from whatever might have happened on the way home if they didn't eat. And just to help us, as, a, as I was coming back from the sabbatical, I've been thinking about what does that mean to, to, to save others? and to, you know, Anybody that you asked that was there that had that feast, they said, yeah, we were saved today. We were satisfied today. We were filled up today. And so I want you to think about that as we, we'll, we'll continue on here. In verse 22, he says, Immediately, this is a view of Baldwin Lake up there in, in Big Bear. He says, Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of them to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. I feel like he, he kind of got where he was going, right? That's, when, when John died, he re- this, is, this is really where he was headed. was, man, I need to be with God. I need to be on this mountaintop. I need to get time. And I, I feel like um, there's times that we need that. We just need to get to the top of whatever mountain it is. Maybe you don't like mountains. Maybe it's at your favorite place, your favorite coffee shop. And, you know, there's those times when you feel heavy and you need to get refilled. I think that's where Jesus was here. He said, uh, but he so he sends the disciples out. And then he stays on the mountain. And you ever thought about what it would be like to be those disciples that you're sent out? we're going to get to what's going on with them but sometimes we feel like Jesus you're not even here we're we're way out there you sent us out away from you that's not what you're supposed to do you're supposed to be with us you're supposed to always protect us etc and yet when when Jesus was baptized what happened the spirit sent him out into the desert you know maybe you feel like you're out you're out there Jesus is up on the mountain with God, and you're just rowing across the lake. Not sure where you're going. You know, it says the boat was considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. And you can just picture. Put 12 guys in a boat, have them row for like three or four hours. How do you think they're doing? They're doing terrible. They're not. They're probably hating each other. They're probably frustrated with the guys who are falling asleep. They're probably thinking about Jesus, what's going on. Why did, what, what are we doing? We're supposed to be with him, and we're out in the middle of the lake. Sometimes God puts us in those situations. But he has a plan. Sometimes we, we can give up. Don't give up when you're out there rowing. That's a bad story, right? Jesus sends you out rowing, and you give up. That's not, in the, that's not going to be included in the Bible, probably. But he has a plan. He just takes longer to develop than we want. Some of us, maybe we're rowing right now today. It so says, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. So they're just waking up. They're not sure what's happening. I mean, they really believed in ghosts a lot more than we do. Right? Spirits and ghosts and... You know, the spiritual world wasn't like so far away for them. And and um, I could say a lot about that, but we'll talk about that another time. But I, a lot of people feel like the spiritual world is not up in heaven, but it's just right in front of you. You just can't see it. It's like right here. Like when Elijah's out with his servant and they just say, just open up his eyes and he sees all those chariots. Like they were already there. They just didn't see him. So that's something to just think about, that whoever you think is in heaven, I mean, they could be right there. You just can't see them. And someday we're going to see Amen. what Jesus already knows. And and so maybe they were more in touch with some of that than we were. That's a whole nother thing. But then this, uh, in verse 27, it says, But Jesus uh, immediately, okay, I already read that. He said, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, come to me. Tell me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And honestly, I don't really, in the past, I've never really liked this passage. And it's this is the reason why. This one verse. Peter that said, come out into the, he said, if it's really you, have me walk on the water with you. And I remember a sermon long, long, long time ago, and it had the, It was called boat holders or Water Walkers, right? And Peter's the water walker. He was out there. He's like, I'm going to go for it. And I was the boat holder, and I still am the boat holder. And I'm like, I'm not going first. You go first, and if it works, then I'll come after you. And so for that reason, I always hated this passage because I was never that one. You know, how many, who, who feels like, hey, you're the one that's like, hey, I'll jump first. Let's go skydiving and I'm the first one out. A Chris Ventura, I might believe that, okay? <laughs> you know, so I, that's, that's important when you keep reading here. It says, Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. So here we have that again where he's saving Peter. Now, he's not forgiving Peter. He's actually literally saving Peter. Isn't that what happens in our lives? You only get for, you know, we get forgiven like every day. But we only enter into that covenant with God once. But we get saved like a lot. We cry out to God a lot. He saves us a lot. Peter, in this moment, felt saved. I was done. And that's why we're here, because we've had that happen. We've been in situations, and we're like, Lord, save me. And he does, and he has, again and again and again. And he's even used us to save each other. And we think about our closest friends. And when we need saving, they were there. I was reminded of a story from like 15 years ago yesterday that I totally forgot about. That we were there for a couple when it was over. And God saved their marriage. And it was just like, oh yeah, I remember that. But God saved our marriages, our families, our ourselves so many different times. And then when Peter gets back in the boat, you know, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him and says, You have little faith, why did you doubt? And I I've always taken that as kind of a rebuke. Like, you're so faithless, like, what's wrong with you, Peter? Come on. But as I thought about it, I was like, wait a second, if Peter's getting rebuked, like, what about everybody in the boat? Like There's no chance for us if we're holding on to the boat. We got no chance if Peter's getting rebuked. I, I think it was more like Jesus, kind of like, "Come on, Peter, man, come on." Like I, I picture it as almost a, and maybe it wouldn't be that way for you, but to me, it would almost be like a joke. Like, "Come on, Demo, you were doing so good." <laughs> you know that, but that's us that we take it. Like, God's trying to rebuke us for our lack of faith. He, he did rebuke a few people. But he, he ultimately continues to save us over and over to help us with our faith. Peter had a lot more faith at that moment, right? Oh, man. I just got saved, man. My faith just went from zero to like 150 but we're human, so it goes down to zero again sometimes. And then he lifts us up again. It says, he climbed into the boat, the wind died down, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly you are the Son of God. Do you think they felt like they were saved that day? I do. They were saved from the wind, but they were saved from a lot more than that. They felt like, Yes! This is the one that I followed. How come I didn't know that earlier today? They were reminded, they were they were their, their understanding just expanded like, oh my gosh, like I knew you were good, but I didn't know you were that good. I knew you were loving, but I didn't know you were that loving. I knew you were gracious, but I know you were that gracious. You know, they were being saved. Over and over. We're, that's what it means to be a Christian. Amen. God just continues to reveal Himself to us so that we're saying, truly, you are the Son of God. I already said that like 35 years ago. But I keep saying it. Because it's, we, do we feel like we understand everything about God now? We got it all figured out. Every facet of God. Man, there's so much. Then they crossed over to the other side and landed at Gennesaret. So when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak. And all who touched it were healed. Do you think those people felt saved that day? Yep. I've been sick my whole life, and that day I touched just the edge of his cloak. You think they had good news to share? You know, I hope you guys I hope we can all think about this a little bit more. And where God is leading us. That's what I was doing as we were away, thinking about what are you doing, God? Where are we what are we doing? Where are we going? Who are you? And these were some of the answers. That we need to see saving in a lot bigger way. I felt like he was already Doing many of these things, but we didn't call them saving. We called them serving. Big difference. You know, with with uh, all the doors that he's opened with the the rescue mission and the Washington Street apartments behind, which I know not all of you have gotten to see yet, but there's a home right over here with elderly and disabled people and they were kind of like that they were like come come see us come be with us come as we were I was sitting next to Beverly and we were singing a song and that, the lady there oh Beverly went with us that was fun the, the woman over there Juanita I went and saw her after I got back and she's like you know She's kind of sick right now, and she's like, I can't really go to church, but if I had a church, your, yours is our church. And we only met her like a few times, but it was just like such a kind of a connection there where I don't want to say she felt like saved, but it was like a God. God's opening this door of this place that's been right next to us for like 10 years, and we've never found When I, um, I've been on the board of Martha's uh, Kitchen for the last year or so, and when they heard that we did a service at the Coachella Valley Rescue Mission, they were upset. <laughs> they were like, what? Why don't you do it here? And I see that's not to say anything, but just like, wow, maybe that's God. That sounds like people that are reaching out for us. That sounds like the people that Jesus was talking about in the, just a few chapters earlier. Those that were tired and weary, come to me and I'll give you rest. It sounds like the beginning of the book where he says, you know, bring, to, you know, the poor will be lifted up. The peacemakers, the, the, the meek, the humble. God's showing us, he's showing us this, but sometimes we don't see it. So I remember this year, we started this year. Remember what our goals were for the year? <laughs> there wasn't any. <laughs> you ever been in a church where you had no goals for the entire year? All we were going to do was look for God. God's going to show us what we need to be about. And I'm just sharing you a few ways that I feel like he's showed us what he wants us to be about. And those are maybe more of the corporate ways. But there's probably a lot of smaller ways that he's trying to reveal to us. And I think if we look for those people that are looking for him, then we'll find out where he wants us to be. It sounds like the disciples, when he sent him into the villages and he said, just search for a worthy person as someone who will invite you in. They'll take care of you. They'll feed you. They'll tell you what you need to do. They'll tell you the people you need to talk to. They'll tell you where you need to be. You know, even Moses had this type of person. I, I don't have time for that today. They believe it was a person called Obed. And he told Moses how to go through the promised land. Even he needed a little guide. And God provided. And I feel like God's doing that for us. So let's take our communion together. Turn over to Matthew 26. We'll see Jesus breaking bread again. My prayer is that not only will we feel saved all the time by Jesus, but we'll have that opportunity to point people to him. And we're recognizing that we're not saving. We can't save anybody. We're just trying to get people to the Savior. And in Matthew 26, verse 26, he says, While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it same as he did before and gave it to the disciples. Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. This is the blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. And here he's showing them, hey, this is when I'm going to save you again. And I pray that we can... uh, Contemplate that that Jesus that saves as we pray. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for just your abundance, your your uh, bounty, where you bring nothing, something out of nothing, where something as simple as bread can bring life. Where you can heal and you can walk on water. You can bring miracles into our lives. We pray for those. We pray that we'll see your spirit, not walking on the water maybe, but going before us. We'll pray that our eyes will be open to those that need to be healed and that we can point them to you. Thank you that you save us, God. Thank you for all those times that you've saved us again and again. I pray that even now that you can help us to remember the times that we've even forgotten that you've saved us. And save us from what we need now, from the things we carried in, from the things that we don't understand, from the challenges in our lives. Lord, we come to you looking to you as our Savior. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.